St. Leo 360, a 360 degree overview of the St. Leo University community. Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. Leo 360 podcast. As usual, this is your host here with you, Greg Lindbergh. Here on this episode of the podcast, we are chatting about the simulated experiences at St. Leo. And if you're not familiar with our simulated experiences technology, uh, this is a very cutting-edge piece of technology uh, that we've offered now for several years here at St. Leo. And uh, we have a wonderful roundtable of guests here joining us to discuss uh, simulated experiences. And first, I'd like to welcome Greg Kunzweiler. And Greg is the Assistant Director of the Center for Teaching and Learning Excellence here at St. Leo University. Greg, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Appreciate the time. And then we also have two uh, lovely ladies behind this technology uh, who are known as simulation specialists. And first, I'd like to introduce Emily Kachansky. Emily, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, I'm thrilled to be here. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And we also have Samantha Parisi with us. Samantha, welcome. Thank you so much for having us, Greg. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Thank you as well. So let's go ahead and start this first segment with Greg Kunzweiler here. And uh, Greg, if you just want to explain what the Center for Teaching and Learning Excellence is and, and perhaps what you guys do there. All right. Well, absolutely. So our Center for Teaching and Learning Excellence um, is fairly new at St. Leo. Um, we really are dedicated to the advancement of teaching and learning at St. Leo. So we're all about being a resource for our faculty at St. Leo and helping them with teaching and learning at scale at the university. So um, we help with not only um, different teaching and learning practices um, and doing professional development with faculty, uh, but we also help implement different teaching and learning tools as well. And that's where the simulated experiences uh, comes in using the immersion technology and immersion software. Gotcha. Very interesting. And then talk to me about your title and your role with the center, what you actually do uh, for the CTLE. So I am the assistant director. Um, we have a whole team of different individuals from our director, who's Dr. Candace Roberts. And then we also have several faculty developers um, that help support the faculty as well, along with um, our uh, simulation team, which is Samantha and Emily joining with us today. So uh, with my role, I get a chance to do a lot of different things with supporting the faculty as well, but I also uh, oversee this particular program. And so get a chance to, and privilege enough to work with both Samantha and Emily um, on this particular program. And we're excited to be able to continue to grow this program um, not only at St. Leo, but outside the university as well. Right, I see. And let's talk about when the university actually acquired, you know, the license to use this technology and how it actually came about. Absolutely. So before we got the license, um, our education department probably had been using it for about four years or so. 
Um, and so it was the, the design immersion was actually designed for education um, and was designed at UCF. And so, um, but then uh, there was kind of an offshoot and they started the immersion company. Um, and then a few years ago, uh, the dean of our education and social services decided that, you know what, let's go ahead and move forward with um, getting the license. Um, and with the license, what that does is allows us to basically do this on our own. Before, what we were doing is we were using immersion sim specialists um, and paying for that. And now we've moved to being able to hire our own simulation specialists. Um, and so we have all of that piece of it that goes along with it, plus um, the freedom to be able to also offer this to other universities and other businesses and companies to be able to do these simulations for them as well. Sure. Very interesting. And then let's just dive a little further with you into, you know, how the technology works. Um, I can certainly, you know, ask uh, Samantha and Emily as well, but if you just want to give kind of a brief overview of, you know, what this technology is, what it actually looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So the technology, um, like we said, we, uh, we contract with Mersion and they've developed this proprietary software, the simulation software that's used. And when we went to implement this, um, what you have to do is you got to get all the proper equipment to be able to run the simulations um, and then to use their software, some of which gets loaded on the machine, some of which is web-based. Um, and then the simulation specialists control it from their end. And then usually when, for us, when we're doing one of our simulations, almost always for us, it's run through uh, Zoom technology. And so, um, any of the simulations that we ever offer are always using Zoom um, to be able to run the, the simulations from there. But the great part about it is um, when people jump into the simulations and I'll let Emily and Samantha explain this a little bit more, um, they don't realize that these avatars can actually see them on the other end because there's a camera um, and a microphone for the simulation specialist to use, but then the people on the other end have to have a camera and a microphone in order to interact back and forth with the avatars so they can see each other um, as well. Sure. Very cool. I know I have, uh, you know, watched some of the videos and in some of the presentations and it really is very neat and, and, you know, very cutting edge technology that just has so many benefits and so many applications. So super excited about it. So let's uh, move on to our simulation specialists here. And uh, so let's go to Emily Kachansky first. And uh, so Emily, if you just want to give us, start off maybe with a brief uh, personal bio about yourself. <laughs> sure thing. Um, so I am actually a St. Uh, Leo alum. I graduated from St. Leo University in 2018. And it was actually my former drama professor and dear friend, uh, Dr. Alicia Quartz, who uh, informed me that St. Leo was looking for someone to fill this position, and I immediately jumped on it. 
Um, I believe I was hired in 2019, January of 2019. So I've I've been here as an employee for almost three years now, and I've I've loved every minute of it. I think this is the greatest job I've ever had. Um, I I have uh, theater and 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 acting is my greatest passion. It's my first love, and I have an extensive background in it. And I'm hoping that that will be my my career going forward. Awesome, very cool. And if you don't mind just speaking about your experience as a St. Leo student as well. Absolutely. Uh, so when I made the move to uh, enroll in St. Leo, I was at a kind of a, a crossroads, a big turning point in my life. Um, I, I was very fortunate when, once again, I, I decided to take a chance on this university with a recommendation. And just from the minute I started as a student, I I had never felt more at home, more empowered and more alive. This university, it really felt like a home away from home, even though my home was like a 20 minute drive away. Um, and, and now it's a two minute drive away. Uh, I, I learned so much here. I came out of my shell here. Um, I, I really don't think without the experience of having been a student here, learned here, grown here, uh, met the people that I did here, I don't think I, I would be close to the person that I am now. So I really owe a lot to my time at this university. Sure. Very well said. We appreciate that feedback. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. And then in terms of your career, I know that you've done several things you know, prior to this role. If you just want to give the listeners a little insight on, on what you've done. Absolutely. Um, uh, I was actually a, I worked at an assisted living facility, which is what I was doing when I made the move to enroll at St. Leo. Prior to that, I was attending Pasco Hernando Community College, now State College. Uh, I was in their nursing program. I was convinced in high school that nursing is what I wanted to do. It was the best career move. And about halfway through the program, my eyes opened up and said, hey, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, and while, while it was a very fulfilling career, and while I loved my time at the assisted living facility, I, I actually wrapped up my career there working with uh, Alzheimer's and dementia residents. And, and I loved it. It was challenging, but I loved it. And it was very fulfilling. Um, Shortly after enrolling at St. Leo, I, uh, I became a student employee on the campus newspaper, the Lions Pride, and I, I love writing. I still love writing, and thanks to my experience with them, I was able to get a job outside of the university with a local free newspaper, and I worked with them for several years before, unfortunately, they had to shut down, but that expanded my my interests and my love of writing and even expanded my my knowledge and love of my own hometown um and so i've kind of i've had a hand in everything uh just all different fields you know i still retain a lot of that nursing information i still maintain those journalism soft skills and i find ways to apply them to the career that i really want which is acting Absolutely. Yeah. And hey, as a fellow, you know, a journalism major myself, I should say, you know, there's there's so many ways that 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 experience, those skills can can be applied to so many different fields and roles and certainly something like this for sure. Absolutely. Well said. <laughs> yep. 
So let's turn now to Samantha Parisi, our other simulation specialist here with us. And uh, so Samantha, just introduce yourself, give us a little, you know, bio about yourself as well. Okay. Um, I am a professional actor right now, but uh, I started off, I was teaching kindergarten and preschool for many years. And then I put a pause on that and I raised three children, two of whom graduated from St. Leo in 2019. And oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, in fact, I used to come to St. Leo uh, when we would go on retreat uh, during high school with, with my with my church. <laughs> Very cool. Mm -hmm. And I uh, so I started returning to acting. I've been a professional actor for about the last 10 years. I have done everything to do with live theater that you can think of, um, except for maybe costuming an entire show. I costume myself, but I wouldn't put anyone else through through that. Um, I've done front of house, uh, box office, uh, helped with publicity and marketing and um, social media campaigns designing graphics, as well as uh, doing the technical backstage stuff, uh, stage managing and lighting and sound design. Wow, that's quite a, a swath, quite a variety of, of roles you've had. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah fairly, fairly easy to keep oneself busy here in the Tampa Bay area with, um, you know, commercials and um, infomercials and helping out over at uh, Home Shopping Network or filming parts and movies you can you can find something to do <laughs> no doubt yeah and i'm definitely curious any big projects anything you want to mention that you've had the opportunity to work on i uh was an extra on the set of magic mike and i i can see myself in the scene i was in but nobody else would be able to recognize me <laughs> and i was also um featured in the florida project um, and in Bobcat Goldthwait's television show, Misfits and Monsters. Wow. Very interesting. And then, so in terms of this opportunity here at St. Leo University, uh, working as a simulation specialist, how did you find out about it? How did you get connected and, and make this, you know, happen? Uh, I saw the posting online and when I replied to it, I realized it was Emily, um, had had something to do with this. Emily and I had met uh, working at a theater in Tampa, uh, Power Stories Theater. We were in a production together. And yeah, so it was like, oh, goody, I get a chance to work with Emily. And uh, <laughs> she kind of explained to me what it was she was learning to do while we were um, working on the play we were working on. And I thought, oh, that sounds really fascinating. And I was intrigued by it but some of the stuff she was describing as far as the equipment that we use uh working with a gaming controller was like oh you know i'm kind of an old school girl um i was brought up on stand-up arcade machines and one joystick and a fire button i'm not sure i could handle um what what you do and she said oh no no it's easy you get a, you get the hang of it and here i am uh almost uh two years later finally getting the hang of it. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. So let's uh, dive a little deeper into the technology. And I know Greg kind of set us up with a little introduction of how it works, but I did want to give both you ladies the chance to explain as well 
uh, just from your perspective as simulation specialists, you know, in terms of how the technology works, uh, what students actually observe, how they interact, you know, with the the characters, so to speak, and and certainly your roles as well. And uh, Emily, we can start with you on that one. So some of the things that students observe, um, I mean, they students come in and see this, and their first instinct is, oh, this is this is like a video game. It's virtual reality. It's 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 not real. There's, I think, a lot of them come into this with that expectation uh, that this is it's virtual reality. It's it's not real. It's a computer simulation. It's going to react to what I say. It's all predetermined, pre-programmed. So some of them don't come in thinking that this is going to be an amazing experience or that they're going to learn as much as they do from it. But when when they make that connection, or rather when we uh, give them the ability to make that connection, that there's a real person behind there, and this is all done in real time, you can just see their, you can see the shift in them when they notice that. I mean, that's something we're trained to do when the simulation first begins. We make some kind of observation that lets them know that there's a real person behind that cartoon character. So it, it could be something as simple as, oh, hey, I really love that that floral top. Where did you get that? Or, wow, that poster behind you on the wall. I'm a big uh, Rolling Stones fan too. Something that lets them know they're being watched. And it's it's so fun to just see that shift in them and to really get into it. And I mean, they can't, they can know that there's a real person, but they can't know that it's, it's Emily Kochansky or Samantha Parisi. We're kind of like the Wizard of Oz, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Um, but it's so much fun that this is all done. Uh, it, it's happening live. It's, it's, um, it's all improv because as an actress, I mean, I love improv. I love getting to think on my feet and responding to what these students say. And just as much as they go into this, not knowing what the avatars are gonna say or do next, that's how Sam and I are feeling as well because we don't know what the students are gonna say or do next and, and what we need to do to react to that. So it's fun for us that each of these experiences new all the time. It's not the same thing over and over. We're always on, our toes. So it's just as challenging and interesting for us as it is for the students. At least I like to, to think and hope so. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Very well put. Thank you. And Samantha, anything to add to that? Um, I, I want the students to know that we are not here to, to see that they fail. We're, um, we, we're, we're rooting for them on the other side of the screen. And this is uh, a wonderful opportunity for us to give them a space, a safe space where they can fail, they can po completely crash and burn, or they can take the knowledge that they've learned in class or in a lecture and, and put it to use. Sure, I see. And then I'm definitely curious about, you know, how each of you prepare for these sessions and just kind of the process, um, you know, behind the curtain, like you were saying, Emily, uh, so Samantha, we can start with you on that one. Just talk to us about, you know, the process of working with a faculty member, uh, perhaps, you know, any kind of writing process involved and just what's involved in the, the preparation before you actually dive into one of these sessions. Sure. We have a um, an outline, a form that we go through with the 
um, faculty member and they outline what they would like to see happen. Uh, sometimes they are very specific on what they need to see or need to hear from their students. And other times they're just, here's the situation and just let it play out. And once we have an idea of what their expectations are and what they're looking for, uh, we can go over the notes. Uh, again, they can be very specific. We have faculty members who will come with us and say, I need this particular character and this is their background story and this is what needs to come up in the conversation. Um, we call them hit points. There's specific things that we need to see happen and other times it's you're just an irate customer and you're complaining and um, I need you to make sure that you um, you ask for a refund or something like that. So we have an idea of where the story is going to go, but we don't have a, a set script. So as Emily pointed out, it's improv and we are basing it all on what we hear uh, from them is what we react to. And so we just have an idea of where the story is supposed to be going, but we don't know exactly how we're going to get there. <laughs> right. Very interesting. And Emily, how about your perspective on the, the preparation process? Well, I think it definitely couldn't come to fruition without that uh, collaboration with a faculty member, because I, I never want to feel like they're just throwing what they want at me and I don't have a full understanding of it. I, I you know, if it takes me an hour or 10 minutes, I like to make sure I'm getting a full understanding of what the faculty member is asking of me, what is expected of, of my characters and expected of their students, because I want to be able to give them exactly what they want. But I, I also, uh, in doing that, there's a lot of preparation I try to do on my own, depending on the kind of scenario it is. Um, and I think uh, a lot of people will tell you that a lot of actors or any good actor will do this, they, they do research to prepare for a certain role. Um, for instance, if maybe we were doing an education scenario that involved uh, the student learner portraying a teacher that has to handle a class, that, a classroom of children that has one child that has a learning disability, and how do you respond to that child with that learning disability? Well, I would like to know how do I portray a child with a learning disability. I don't want to have this character come across as just that, a character, a caricature. I don't want to feel like I'm in, I'm being disrespectful of, of somebody with those kinds of, of disabilities. I don't want to, I want it to be accurate. I want to know exactly how to portray this person. So it is realistic as well. So I, I try to put a lot of um, research and, and time into preparing for a simulation that might have uh, a very important uh, important part such as such as that sure very interesting and very interesting insight it's there's just so much that goes into you know the process it sounds like i'm hearing from both of you guys i know that uh, both of you have to be very versatile in terms of your voices and you know, portraying different characters, different genders, different ages, um, you know, from students to teachers to principals, parents, you know, in terms of specifically the, the education programs, but perhaps even, you know, other roles and titles as well and other degree programs. Um, I'm definitely wondering how you 
can be so versatile? Do you have any tips, tricks up your sleeves as far as, you know, what you do to be able to pivot quickly uh, between characters and between your approach to the voicing part of it? And Emily, we can start with you on that. Well, I think it definitely helps to kind of already have a, a unique or goofy personality, someone who is not afraid to say something silly or, or do a silly voice or j just be fun, just have fun with it. You can't take yourself too seriously, I don't think, um, especially when you know that you're in this little room talking in all of these different voices and there could very well be people walking past and going, what is going on in there? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean, but it's, and also it comes with a lot of practice. I mean, I've always growing up, I've always liked to entertain people and goof off and be silly. So I've always loved doing silly little voices or impressions, but, uh, coming in and, and learning about these specific characters with training through, through folks at, from Mersion who supply us with the software, you know, they're teaching us these very particular, you know, specific voice, uh, voices to do, especially for the, the children avatars and it's so it's so interesting when you're portraying five kids at once and you're bouncing back between them and you know making sure your voice sounds different every single time and uh, i mean you have one kid that talks like this all the time and then right down the line you have a little girl that talks like this and she talks a mile a minute you have to be able to do this and do it really fast and be able to transition it does it takes a lot of practice but you've just got to You've got to have fun with it. Sure, sure. And Samantha, how about you? Talk to us about your approach. Any any practice that you do? Any tips and tricks? Uh, I think it helps to be a really good listener, but you also have to be able to obviously multitask. Uh, we are listening and paying attention to what the learner is, is saying to us, uh, telling us, but we also have to be thinking one or two steps ahead. Are they going to call on this character next? Are we going to, where Where do we think we're going with this? Plus, we're also manipulating the movements of the different avatars. And thankfully now, with um, some improvements in the voice morphing software, it's um, easier for us to jump from one character to the next without having to um, change our pitch quite as much. It's more changing the speech patterns, like Emily said, whether they have a, a particular vocal tick or um, the way that they speak is very measured and slow or whether they're really, really fast talking. Um, you just come to know the characters, the avatars speak in your head. We, we have this uh, one older lady and in my head, she is always talking with a little bit of a Midwestern accent. And um, she, you know, she wants, she's curious and wants to know what's going on around here. Um, but that's just, you, these are the voices I hear in my head. So we just do our best to make sure they, they come across. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, I know that Greg did mention earlier uh, that the education degree programs, that's, that was kind of the first foray for us into this technology as far as offering it in our education programs. Um, and I know that uh, we also now offer it in several other degree programs. Uh, so Samantha, if you want to just speak about perhaps some examples of classes that, you know, that you've worked with faculty on uh, with this technology. Sure. Um, social work is, is one that uh, we work with quite a bit. 
criminal justice has been um, one of our favorites. Both Emily and I um, enjoy working with the with the department and getting to play a variety of um, maybe witnesses or possible perps. Uh, we get to do a mock trial last uh, in the spring semester uh, with a class. So we got to be all these different uh, witnesses up on the witness stand as well as possible jurors. Uh, we're going to start working with the, uh, obviously the new um, nursing degree program. Um, oh, journalism, of course, interviewing um, different interviews. And Emily, any specific classes or projects that you've worked on that have stood out to you? Um, I mean, Samantha's mentioned a great deal of them, and I, I really, I love them all. I love the diversity in all of these different scenarios that come our way from the different faculty. I love the stories or the case studies that they have in mind that they're bringing to us and thinking, oh, this character is going to be so much fun to play. Um, we, we've done some really interesting stuff lately with um, the other side of education, more from like, you know, a, uh, a board of directors or a, a higher position than, uh, so we've gone from playing this classroom of, of young children to now a, a person in a very high seat on a school board and, and they've said or done something that they shouldn't have said or done. And it's so neat to get to play this kind of character that's so opposite from my personality and and hearing how the students react to that and sitting here thinking to myself I swear I'm not a bad person I'm really not a bad person um so there's there's always something new that that comes to us that I just I I just find so much joy in it's hard to pick just one sure sure very interesting in terms of the benefits of this technology for our students, you know, obviously the degree programs, the, the student uh, journey, wanting to see our students graduate and, and really walk away with um, great skills, great experience from their courses. Um, from your perspectives, I'm curious, what kind of benefits have you witnessed? Have you seen uh, from our students using this technology? And Emily, we can start with you. I have definitely seen a change in, in students um, the more I've done these simulations. We have several faculty members that use them multiple times in a semester or use them every semester. And, and sometimes we see the same students come back. And I've noticed that they're on several occasions, the student that maybe the first time they ever did one of these simulations, they couldn't stop laughing the entire way through it because they were either so nervous or they're looking at this, it's like, this is a cartoon. This can't be real. This can't, I'm, I can't be serious here. Then seeing them on their second or third time and they are just, you know, like the, the model of perfection and, and, and properness. They're so professional. So I, I can definitely, I can tell that students are learning from this and they're, they're bettering themselves. They're, they're bettering their skills. And it's, I think it's great that they're getting the opportunity to have a situation as close as to what they're going to experience in the real world here, and they're getting to learn from it before they get out there in the real world. And I, I just, I sit here and I wonder every day about students that have since graduated, and I'm, I'm wondering, I wonder if they've experienced anything like what we did together yet, and I, I hope they handled it well. I wonder if any of them have ever thought about oh, that one avatar got mad when I said this, so I shouldn't say this to my new boss. Or <laughs> So I, I do. I think it really does 
help our students to grow and become better. Right. Appreciate that feedback. Of course. And then, Samantha, from your perspective, uh, what kind of benefits have you witnessed or perhaps, you know, positive changes that you've seen in students that you've gotten to work with? I feel like what we offer them is a very targeted experience. So if they had gone out into the field, if they were an intern, um, they could go their entire um, time interning in a position and never come across some of the situations that we can develop and create specifically for them. We were reading a a recent paper out of Sweden that said that uh, three hours of simulation time is equivalent to three weeks of of practice in, in a real life situation. So instead of the students may be spending all that time and and certainly having a wonderful experience as far as a field placement. We can give them the, those very targeted specific experiences that will truly benefit them uh, later in life. Sure. Wow. And uh, Greg, I did want to give you a chance to chime in on this one as well. Um, I know it's kind of the, the manager, so to speak, of this technology Uh, What have you heard from faculty, you know, even from students on the benefits of this technology? Absolutely. Yeah, we've heard a lot of great reviews from faculty. Um, You know, we've even gotten comments from faculty, from students about it, especially the ones that got a chance to do it, like Emily said, a couple of times during the semester, um, because each time they go into it a second or third time, um, they have a little bit more knowledge and know it a little bit more. Um, but it really goes to the benefit, just like Samantha said, as far as that, that targeted, putting them into an environment for them to learn from. You know, it's hard because once you get out in the real world, you know, things are going to come up. And to have a safe place where you can go and have that opportunity to be in that experience. Um, and then to have other people, especially like a faculty member that's an expert in that area, they can pause the simulation and give them some feedback, and then they could possibly even jump back in, has been extremely helpful. Um, we've heard from uh, several different areas that, you know, the students that ended up moving on gave them some feedback, you know, when they actually got their position somewhere else. Um, about how helpful it was to be able to be put in these type of uh, scenarios uh, to be able to learn from. And we continue to try to grow the program, you know, when they were mentioning all the different areas. Um, I always tell people, there's not really any area that's out of bounds for this kind of thing. You know, like if you have some sort of soft skill or um, specific communication type of thing that you want your students to learn or experience, we can put them in that environment. If there's some sort of role playing um, that you want to put them in, you know, let's do a simulation. Let's create a scenario and put them into it um, and give them a safe space to be able to experience that. Absolutely. I also know that, uh, you know, during the pandemic, you know, over the last year and a half or so, Uh, You know, many of our classes have had to move virtually at various times. And, you know, thankfully, this technology is so versatile that it can really be consumed, you know, literally anywhere. 
Absolutely. You know, that's a great part about Zoom. <laughs> you know, we've even had students, we've had students doing this on their phone, you know, <laughs> so um, not that that's always the best experience um, because of how small the screen is, but uh, we do it there, you know, um, some students just do it from home on their laptop and then some instructors in the face-to-face -face classroom pull it up and then they're able to do it in front of our, one of our larger monitors in the classroom with the, you know, with the instructor there and possibly some of the other students there as well to be able to experience the simulation. Sure. Very interesting. All right, so just to wrap up here, I did want to give each of you just a chance to offer some final words, you know, about this technology, um, you know, just the importance of it, uh, what it has meant to you, and, and just being able to offer it. And uh, Greg, we can start with you. Yeah, so it's definitely meant a lot to me. You know, I've seen it from uh, when it was just with education, and then, you know, as it got added to my team, um, and then got the, the license and had an opportunity to hire our two wonderful simulation specialists um, and get in a chance to work with them and to see their passions towards working uh, with the software and working with the faculty and working with the students to create these really enriched learning environments for the students to learn. It's just been a pleasure for me to watch um, and getting a chance to see this continue to grow. Um, and every semester, you know, they always come to me and say, oh, we're doing different scenarios and, you know, simulations with this area and that area, and this is the new area we're gonna do. Um, it's really exciting to watch. Um, and so we continue to want to let, you know, our faculty know, and, you know, actually we're starting to offer this outside the university as well. Um, so we actually have one partner in Weber State University, and so we partnered with them to offer simulations, and we're going to continue to grow that part as well. So we're, you know, sky's the limit for where we can go with this, um, and we're definitely excited to partner too with with Mersion on continuing to build it out. Absolutely, uh, Samantha. Any final words? Um, I love the the aha moments when you see the students really engaging or they have that sudden rush of confidence because they know that they are doing exactly what they are supposed to be doing. Um, it, it, it's thrilling for, for me to see. And when we get those comments at the, maybe the end of the semester or um, we hear the students talking after a simulation is done and they're saying, you know, I forgot that that this wasn't real. I, I became so um, involved in the situation and and now I'm, I'm sorry that the that it's over and 10 minutes just flew by. I can't even believe um, that 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 I was I was doing it that long. I, I just I, I love to see that suspension of disbelief, but mostly we love the reactions of the students. Excellent. And Emily, how about you? Well, I, I definitely think that a lot of the, the studies are true when, uh, when they say that this kind of technology is potentially the future of education because there are so many benefits to it. And as, as we've said throughout this interview, that even though it's, it's animated, it's virtual reality, it's still, it still mirrors the real world and is giving you those experiences to succeed in the real world. And 
and just knowing that I'm a part of that, that I'm potentially a part of preparing that next generation to go out there and do big things that, you know, hopefully they will change the world. I, I, you know, it's very enriching. It's very flattering. And I, I can only hope that I'm, I'm making a difference in at least one student's life in their career. I hope they're, I hope this experience is giving them the ability to go out and look at the world with new eyes, with more confidence, just like this job and, and my experiences at this university did for me. So if I can make at least one student feel as good as I did when I was a student and as good as I feel now as an employee, then I, I know that, that I'm doing a good job. No doubt. Very well said. Thank you. All right. So again, we've been visiting with Greg Kunzweiler, Emily Kachansky, and Samantha Parisi uh, here on the St. Leo 360 podcast. And just want to thank each of you so much for your time and uh, your insight on this great technology. And thank you to each of you for everything you do for the university. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. It was fun. Thank you. Absolutely. All righty. To hear more episodes of the St. Leo 360 podcast, visit stleo.edu forward slash podcast. To learn more about St. Leo's programs and services, call 877-622-2009 or visit stleo.edu.